broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take. It's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 228. I'm Schmitty. I'm Colin. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. And I could have sworn I just heard that there's Colin here. Wait, Hi! Colin? I'm not dead, guys! I'm alive! Oh. I survived my kidnapping. Is that what happened last time? I don't recall. You know, there was some really <laughs> awkward stuff that happened, and I got kidnapped. Didn't you, like, get kidnapped and held after a date? I, no. That was a long time ago. And that was when I got dragged into her basement. It's a horrible recurring dream. It was horrible. So I want to go back to that here in a second, but I want to say hi to our sponsors first before we scare them off. And once they hear their names, they can turn the radio off and we can keep talking. But special thanks to our friends over at truckradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbook audio, uh, Eagle Moss Limited, 4814 web hosting, and I think that's it. I wasn't listening, so I don't know. Stitcher. Stitcher.com. <laughs> oh, there we go. Hey! <laughs> That uncomfortable bit of dead air while I try and get my thoughts to catch up with At me. least you okay, can so remember our sponsors. Whenever I take control of the show, I like... <laughs> He's like, insert your name here. If you're, if a, you're a sponsor, you <laughs> know who you sp- are. Thank you. I wake up screaming in the night yelling the sponsor's name. It scares the hell out of my wife. Ah! 4814! Um, 4814! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Trek Radio. I know it's .net. I keep screwing up and calling it .com. I, I am all of a sudden with Colin screaming out those numbers, envisioning that episode of Friends where Monica was talking about the zones. Seven, seven, seven. <laughs> okay, we, we got to get it. back on track. We're, we're already bringing up Friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sign of a failed podcast episode when you immediately dive into Friends or Seinfeld. No, so evidently our show goes out to more people than we thought. Uh, Colin was, I guess, flirting with a girl, with a lady friend. Uh, when she came across our episode about him loving KY, how well did that relationship go, Colin? No, it's uh, it hasn't been fully explored yet. <laughs> Interesting choice of words. That was a Do you really need more KY bad, for it? No, or? no, no, no. Let's, and then let's I guess you were at GameCon this weekend, and they shouted out, "Hey, aren't you the one who keeps dying on stolen droids?" Yeah. You know, they're just. Happens to be a lot of deaths, and I think that's all people are getting these days. Because for some reason, I just disappear and die, and maybe people will forgive me someday. It's always interesting to hear how people... Zoner, he's so full of rage. Schmitty, he brings real uh, voice and reason to the group. Zook always does a good job of holding things together. Colin, Colin, he's one who's dead a lot, right? Yeah, right? (laughs) Something about dragons and ninjas sneaking up on him, and... I just remembered when my daughter <laughs> snuck behind me and, oh, there's a ninja behind you. And you freaked out. I loved it. Good times. Good times. Anywho, we do have some feedback, kind of. We have one bit of feedback and another rant. Um, the feedback uh, is on our site. D writes, number 227 is my favorite episode ever. Brains and ice cream. Zoner face plants into his monitor. Zook expands his vocabulary, exercises his hand, and threatens his ex. Schmitty is ever the voice of reason. Go stolen droids. Thank you, D. Um, a follow-up to that. Um, in case you weren't also uh, following along with episode 227 and wondering what she means by, uh, um, by exercising my hand, my microphone stand fell like five minutes into the episode. Uh-huh. And I had to sit here balancing it to, to record the episode. I have since bolted it to the desk. It's not moving again. I don't remember face planting into my monitor. I'm so confused. That's okay. 
I don't remember the brains part, but to be perfectly honest, we were really out of it when we recorded that episode. Yeah, Which you guys really need fun. to stop drinking before you do the show. Or maybe we should drink some more because it was their favorite episode ever. Fact. Thank you for the kind um, words. We got uh, some more feedback on our Facebook page about episode 227. Steven wrote that, um, well, I'm not going to read his full thing because it gets kind of back and forth after a while. But the, the short version of it, the too long didn't read version, is that he doesn't necessarily agree with us about our take on uh, 3DX point. Um, did I say that right? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I think I did. Uh, which, of course, was Intel and Micron's new joint venture um, and their new version of flash memory that was advertised to be a thousand times faster, a uh, hundred times as dense, uh, increases the, yeah. I mean, it should just be awesome. We started spitballing and saying that in the future, this kind of technology could make it so we didn't have to use RAM anymore and how odd that would be and how just incredible it'll be when we're being able to write things directly to the hard drive. He kicked back and said that uh, we're just drinking the Intel Kool-Aid, that that would never happen, certainly not in his lifetime. Um, maybe he's 90. We, yeah, maybe. maybe I don't know. He might be terminal. That's what I said. I'm like, unless you're in your 90s, I mean, that, that might apply. So. I'm going to feel really bad if he's dead already. Like, between <laughs> that episode and this episode, he's already died. Yeah. Um, he also pointed out that if it's so revolutionary, why isn't he hearing about it from anyone else? Uh, which I guess is actually kind of a fair question because you wouldn't expect uh, three guys in Utah to be the ones to break news, except that as it's turned out many times on the show, we are. Yeah. So just saying, uh, <laughs> if you go and Google the term <laughs> Intel, Blackberry. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, if you go and Google the term, you don't even have to put it in quotes. Just Google Intel Micron 1000. And you get 12 pages of results now of industry analysts talking about this. We just happen to beat them all. Uh, and I'd like to quote here. Uh, I'm on Anantech.com. Anantech is one of the premier tech websites, especially when it gets they get really into the nitty-gritty of how things work in electronics. And their last paragraph reads as following. As 3D X-Point seems to be more suitable as a 3D NAND replacement, the second new technology might be one that is capable of taking DRAM's place in the long run. All in all, it's impossible to think of all the possible applications for 3D X-Point will have in the future because it is a technology that hasn't existed before. I don't think it's an overstatement to say that 3D X-Point has the potential to change modern computer architecture and the way we see computing. So, pretty much what we said. Kool-Aid. Well, now, and, and to Steve's credit a little bit, I mean, we have been, within the last five years, we've been bombarded with, well, not bombarded, but we've seen a lot of uh, headlines about you know, new quantum computing and, and uh, you know, 3D I, holographic yeah. storage. And, and he brings that up. And, and so we're, we're getting to the point where those kinds of headlines are more of a, oh, yeah, by the way, we're working on this and it's still 50 years out kind of thing. So it, it, it is harder to swallow those, those pills now. Um, yeah, if, if you're new to our show, you could be forgiven for thinking that we're just regurgitating the same kind of uh, stuff that everyone else does. But we have a pretty good track record, I think, of separating the wheat from the chaff. Did you this just go, like, wheat. biblical on us? <laughs> what? Did you just go biblical on us? <laughs> I guess. Maybe. Well, it's it's kind of like, if you look back in the time, people have been saying, oh, hey, cars that run off of water are around the corner and running with these really incredible and fantastical headlines just to get a draw, right? They've been doing that for 50 years. And you won't well, believe what so, happens next. No, those are, those are real, but then we never hear about it because those guys are mysteriously killed off. And uh, 
Wrong show. Wrong show, Schmidt. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but um, I know it's confusing too, you know. But uh, people have been hearing fantastical things like this in headlines for years and years and years. But they never really materialize. But then when we come out and say, hey, by the way, Ford has just released a new version of the Mustang. It can generate 350 horsepower and it can average 36 miles a gallon. That's not us being fantastical. That's actual news. So it's a little bit apples and oranges to feel burned out on news because you've been listening to the fantastical headlines the whole time. So true. Yeah, that, that that's where we fit into the thing. Well, we give you the good news. We like the fantastical news. We just don't give it a lot of hype. <laughs> All that being said, though, we do appreciate the feedback. Of course. Absolutely. It means that we had another listener right before I chased him off the internet. Um, (laughs) Come back, Steve. (laughs) Okay. um, Do we have any other headlines or any other feedback? (laughs) I hope we We have have a whole (laughs) slew of headlines. (laughs) (laughs) No headlines? Okay, that's it. Good night, everyone. No, okay. So um, before we go any further, we should bring up that there was a bit of a snafu on the site. Uh, We're not sure what happened, but episode 225? Yeah, I I think it was when we had some issues with the... the hard drive when we were, I guess they had to switch us to a new SSD for some reason. Um, but it's, it's all worked out. I got it reposted and you might yeah, see so a if, double post it, on iTunes or Stitcher or something. Like yeah. That. If you suddenly see a 225 out of order in your podcast catcher, that's why. Um, <laughs> we didn't go back in time. It's not a bit of history repeating. It's just kind of is what it is. Sorry. But hey, look, you made it. You're through. Everything's good. And you can listen to it again. Thanks, John Barnes, for pointing that out. <laughs> yes. If it wasn't for his post on Facebook, we wouldn't have caught it. So, Yeah, he is the most dedicated Klingon we've ever had. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> okay, into our headlines. And our first one is a freaking doozy. And it's uh, it, it would be a really, really fun thing to just laugh and point and, oh, you Apple users. But it honestly is kind of terrifying. Uh, all, all levity aside, it really is terrifying. So a security firm has found that the newest version of OS X 10.10 has a bit of a security flaw in it. And when we say a bit, uh, it's massive. What it does is it allows a hacker to get into your system and override the password system that Apple OS X has always used. Now, if you don't use OS X, you may not know quite what this means. If you're an Apple fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you try and do anything to your computer that requires administrative rights, it requires you to enter the password. You know that little UAC function that Microsoft users have been complaining about since Vista that pops up and says, are you sure? Yeah, OS X does that, but makes you enter the password. But the flip side of that is is that it means that it's impossible to install a virus onto your OS X computer, which is a great little security feature. Well, rather, it makes it impossible I, to unknowingly. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah. say impossible. Right. Yeah, that's a good differentiation <laughs> no. to make. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, rights for a, a legitimate virus. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, this little um, exploit bypasses that and bypasses it hard, allowing an attacker to install anything they want on your computer without you knowing. Um, this only happens in ten point ten. So if you have the older version of OS X, and I forget what it's called. Um, 10.9? <laughs> Mavericks? Is Mavericks 10.9? 10.9 is Mavericks. What's 10.10? Yosemite. Yosemite, isn't it? What kind of big cat is that? It's not. No, they're, they're going off locations now. Yeah. That's, that's what 10.11 is going to be. It's going to be Cecil. No, 10.11 <laughs> is El Capitan. Come 10.11 on. is Cecil. I like it. Oh. El Cecil Tan. <laughs> I hate you guys so much right now. 
<laughs> hey, nice, oh. nice watch, Colin. Hey, thanks. It's an Apple Watch. Uh... Yeah. Only cost anyway, so, him seventeen hundred dollars. It did not back, cost back me seventeen hundred dollars. Cost me four hundred dollars. <laughs> wow, that's not so, much so of an argument in your favor. You know what? This exploit is a very reminiscent of how the the first um, jailbreaking worked on iPhones because they they took advantage of the same kind of bug in uh, in PDF files in order to get root access. So it's it kind of seems like it's one of the weak points that. Of of uh, Mac programmers, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. What's scary is, and I won't admit to being a Mac expert. You know, I, I truly am not. I've used Macs. Uh, I support them at times, but I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination. But I have seen reports from experts uh, which say that if you get this, your best bet is to just wipe the hard drive and reinstall. That's a terrifying report. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, you kind of have to do that with a lot of Mac issues. Mac well, issues can't be like easily resolved as you can with Windows, because yeah, but they do usually word it a little bit nicer. Oh, hey, yeah. go back to your your handy time machine, remember? And I'm not being facetious; that's actually what they call their backups. Go and restore from your latest time machine backup. Isn't that great? This is just another feature provided to you by Apple. But no, now it's uh, you're screwed. Wipe and start over. Yep. It's like that's that's not at all reassuring. Yeah. Well, they, they they have patched it. The vulnerability has been fixed um, with with the ten point ten point five update. Um, it has it. I yeah. There there uh, there's an update in the article. It's kind of hard to catch because oh, it's in it the is. middle of the article. Yeah, of yeah. I see. I, it. I actually updated to that today. Yeah, when I had last seen when I had last read the article because this update has been put in there since I posted this. Ten point ten point four had the exploit and the beta for ten point ten point five. Also had it, but ten point ten point six and ten point eleven didn't have it. Yeah. So I guess they updated ten point five and gave it to the public. So that's good. But um, wow, it's it's yeah, it's, it's got, still kind of scary that you can have zero day exploits like this uh, in in you know from from version to version or, or update to update. Uh, it's it's not good, and and it can happen on any operating system. We're we're not singling Mac out at all. Not at all. No, no. The, the the big reason that this is a was a huge issue until they gave that patch is because um, it is an unprecedented zero day exploit, and it's zero day on a fully patched version of OS X. That was what was really surprising. Doesn't isn't that what zero day means? Unprecedented. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just teasing. That's a wordplay. Never mind. Sorry for those that didn't get that. <laughs> Including the entire panel of co-hosts because you can't have a negative one day or negative two so so zero is unprecedented never, never mind <laughs> your mom's unprecedented yeah okay. yeah put away the mathlete hat dude <laughs> um okay where do we want to go from there because i kind of left it open the, the second <laughs> headline is youtube uh, let's just talk about youtube <laughs> Okay, so funny story about this one. Um, YouTube launched a new HTML5 player, and they've been playing around with it for a while, and it was open to certain people, and they launched it for general availability. Here's why I say this is funny, because 
I got Windows 10 installed on my computer, and I've started using the Edge browser a lot more. And so there I am on Edge on YouTube going, man, Edge is really rendering YouTube kind of interesting here. The, <laughs> the version of the player they've got going, I don't know if I like it or not. It's interesting. It's pretty usable. But, huh, I'll have to give us time to think about. It never once occurred to me that Edge wasn't rendering YouTube this way. YouTube updated their player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. It just happened at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Coincidence is confusing to me. Um, so if you've been on YouTube lately, and statistically speaking, you have at least 12 times today, there is a new version of the desktop player. I'm still not sold on it yet. It's clean looking. If you've seen it, it kind of overlays the bottom of the video, um, which is kind of cool. I feel like they've hidden some of the settings I'm used to seeing. So finding changing quality is a, just requires a second for me to find. You know, it's the the quality part is it's in the same part, but they're they're hiding the 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 uh, subtitles inside of that same uh, settings button. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're kind of consolidating some of the settings. Uh, to me, when I when I first saw it, I thought it looked a little more um, clunky. Uh, if, because the, it the looked pre- mobile. Yeah, the, the previous UI seemed a little more high resolution the the uh, the icon to to go full screen seemed a little more crisp to me and now it just seems like pixely but but it it does make sense when you think you know they're they're trying their their reasoning behind it is that they've seen a lot more mobile traffic through it so they want to make it more mobile friendly but i i disagree with them putting it on the desktop version cuz i i do think the the previous desktop version was a little cl- cleaner in my opinion so I'm going to make it. I agree with you. If you look at it, it looks funny. It looks like your screen isn't rendering it properly. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to make a prediction here. I'm going to bet that Google is trying to revamp fa- uh, sorry, not Facebook, uh, YouTube in a way where they don't have to release apps for the different mobile devices, where it can just be a wrapper for an HTML5 site and they serve it up that way so it looks the same no matter where you're viewing it. Yeah. Which well, is on one another area note- that, go- that Google's really good at, but they've really failed lately with YouTube. Yeah. On another note, though, if they did revamp you, uh, Facebook, I would use Facebook more often. They call it Google Plus. <laughs> <laughs> They're going away from it. Uh, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. The uh, uh, the YouTube app itself is turning more into just an HTML5 wrapper version of the site. So makes makes a lot more sense that they're going this direction. Just maybe to cut cut down on their code base. Perhaps the one time I really don't like this I found is when you're looking at a video that perhaps has, I don't know, uh, just the right set of colors or light tones and it makes that player bar really hard to find. Yeah. So I don't know what are Zoner, Colin. Have you used it yet? Uh, yeah, uh, I used I, it um, once and I thought the design was, was nice. It was, it was a little odd at first. I was just like, what, what is, is something wrong with my graphics driver here? <laughs> Uh, but no, I actually really like the redesign. I think it's a uh, it's pretty slick. And Zana, you said you haven't. I I do not know. I or rather, I have not because I'm not one of those people that goes to YouTube twelve times a day. Isn't your your favorite this week a YouTube video? <laughs> it is, but I watch the embedded stuff. I don't oh. go to the actual website. It shows oh. the new Are design in the embedded. No, yeah. shut up. Yes. I, <laughs> Okay, Zarn, so maybe I'm not that observant. <laughs> maybe I'm not that observant, or maybe it's because I have the old YouTube um, appearance plugin running on Google Chrome. 
So, because I don't yeah, because you is, know is that you don't that's you're lying your pants off right now. <laughs> that's totally a thing. <laughs> yeah, so totally so, so if you guys don't want that look, then you can just message Zoner, and Zoner will give I'll you the you link up. to it. Yeah, yeah feedback at StolenDroids.com, subject line, hey, Zoner. <laughs> <laughs> he he and, is and the original you YouTube can... hipster, though. It, it's best when you see it the original way. <laughs> and, and you can reference the fact that my pants are on fire. No, I actually just have not noticed it. When I watch YouTube videos, um, it's generally very passively while I'm at work, so I'm not paying real close attention. So I don't notice a lot of the little things like that. As long as the play button's in the same spot, he's good. Yeah, if if the play button plays, then I'm I'm good. So see, and I watch YouTube videos passive aggressively. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that works. I just thought it would sound funny. Uh, so, you replace your mouse every week. <laughs> angry click, angry click. So um. We have brought up, or at least if we haven't, I have, and I know Squishy has over on Moving Picture Show, the future of Windows Media Center, and we've lamented the death of it with Windows 10. And I personally couldn't figure out what Microsoft was thinking in getting rid of such a successful DVR and its long history. And for people who don't know, Windows Media Center has been around for 13 years now. It is the oldest DVR system, I want to say, commercially available DVR software, um, and it works I would personally say the best. And that's not because I'm a Microsoft fanboy. It's because it just works. It, it really you don't have the to. Best. Yeah. Though, though I, I, I would take back what you said. I don't, I don't think it was successful in the way that we hoped it would be successful. Because no, no, not right. a lot of people used it. It was successful in the sense that it worked so well and it worked for so long. But not a lot of people used it. And that was one of the main reasons yeah. that they Commercially did. a flop. Uh, commercially unsuccessful, technically very successful. Um, for people who don't know, trying to get your tuner to work if you don't have some commercial software is a nightmare. You have to know how to program a tuner card to look at different frequencies, which means you have to have a doctorate in like three different areas. This isn't to say that people don't do it all the time. They're just what you call enthusiasts slash weird. Um, Windows Media Center was the out-of-the-box solution for the rest of us that really just worked. And with Windows 10, it goes away. This week, Microsoft announced kind of what they were thinking about it. Turns out uh, Xbox, the Xbox One, will be able to act as a DVR for over-the-air signal and be able to stream it out to all Windows 10 devices and um, smart glass apps for iOS. Yeah. And this isn't necessarily new because they've been been trying it out in, in Europe for a while now. Um, but it's it's finally hitting the U.S. now, for, and I don't know why they put it in the, the in Europe first to begin with, since Europe doesn't really like Microsoft. But uh, but yeah, we're we're getting it. Dear France, uh, please like us. <laughs> please like us. They put it there first to see what they're going to get sued for, <laughs> so that in the quote unquote final version they can have that resolved. Does, he, he may not be wrong. Does does TV work the same in Europe though? I mean, I mean, okay, technically yes, it works the same. But do you, you turn I, it on and you watch? I'm yeah, not I sure so. the business side of it works the same as it does here in the U.S. And and maybe that's another reason why they did it there first because it's it might be easier to insert themselves into that market instead of ours because our broadcasters are are <laughs> yeah hard. We know <laughs> we, we we brought that up yeah in depth. How is Aereo doing? <laughs> So this does raise a few questions for us, though, because as cool as the Xbox One is and all the many capabilities they're they're bringing up, it doesn't quite work like you'd immediately think. For instance, game streaming. 
Very cool, right? Coolest feature on the Xbox One, I feel, next to backwards compatibility. But game streaming doesn't work quite the way people think it works. See, not only are you streaming the game to your Windows 10 device, but if someone were to go to the TV and turn it on, they could watch everything you're doing. It's less of streaming and more a remote session. Yeah. Is the DVR going to work the same way? Yeah, we we hope not because, I mean, you look at... Uh you know, Comcast DVR and Dish's version of it and DirecTV, all of those can stream to another device while playing an other, an, another channel at the actual television that, that the box is hooked up to. So hopefully the Xbox One will be able to do that um, and maybe even open up you know, game streaming while someone's watching TV or vice versa uh, just because that's the way that all other DVRs work right now. Yeah. If they don't do that, they're they're missing a big part of the picture yeah they're, they're, they're kind of only going halfway it's only a half-baked plan but yeah in an ideal world someone could be at the tv watching live tv through the xbox one another person is in one part of the house playing a video game on the xbox one on their laptop and still another person is in another part of the house with their tablet watching a recorded show all of them going back to the same xbox one unit However, I don't know if that's going to be the case. And this is pure speculation. I have no educated guess on this, unlike many things we talk about. But I don't think that's going to be the case because it seems Microsoft is really focusing on the single gamer. This is your Xbox, and you don't live with anyone. And much less of the family, this is the family's Xbox, and it needs to do everything for everyone all the time. Yeah. They they have pointed out, though, like you especially at the launch of Xbox One, they pointed out that... Uh, the the dual core aspect of the Xbox was actually two separate cores. One core is playing a game, and the other core is focused completely on other things. I um, thought I had like three. Well, yeah, it, they they explained it as basically two cores. It's, it's, I think it's actually quad core, but but they they split. They're splitting all the game functionality completely separate from uh, everything else. So which which is why you can you can exit out of a game. Do other things on the on the Xbox One, like watch Netflix or anything like that, and then go back to the game, and it's exactly where you left off without having to reload the game. Um, so because of that functionality, I'm a, I'm going to assume that they're going to be able to pull at least some of what we've speculated. Off okay, uh, a correction to both Schmitty and I. He was right, I was right. We were both wrong at the same time. Uh, it has a dual has two quad core jaguar cpus oh two quad cores okay yeah so it has a quad core to handle one side and a quad core to handle the other side eight cpu cores total so that's why it can do that yep cool so and and yeah so because of that they there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to pull pull off uh the scenario you just you just described to us because you're keeping our fingers crossed because i really want that (laughs) And even if they can't do it at launch, um, something like that would be as simple as you know maybe a couple updates. So it, even if we don't have it at launch, we could have it later on if that's their vision. So mm-hmm. very true. Um, hey, you know what I hate? Printer ink. Oh yeah. Fact. When it's cheaper to just go buy a printer than to replace your ink. <laughs> I've actually done that. I, yeah. I have too. I have a I have an Epson printer right here next to me. And the thing is infuriating because Epson printers are scared to death of their print heads running dry because they're hardware-based print heads that are permanent. They're permanently attached to the printer. They, they don't come with the uh, ink cartridges. And so even if I'm printing a black and white page, only black and white, if my yellow's running low, 
it won't let me print. Yep. Even if I'm not printing yellow. And it costs me about 70 bucks to fill the thing. Annoying as all out. Well, there's a reason for this really weird non sequitur, and it's because Epson has finally given us exactly what we want and or need. They have a new printer, a new couple printers coming out, where it's $400 and $500 a piece, and they come with enough ink to last for a few years. It's not like a box of ink cartridges. No, it's much more this side module that holds a reservoir of ink. Vats, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're vats. And when you run out... It only costs $50 to fill the whole thing. Yeah. You buy the refill bottles and you fill the vats. <laughs> you don't buy a whole cartridge that where like 90% of the cost is the cartridge. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you've never bought a printer before or it's been long enough that you're due for a new one, you may have forgotten this, but printers are kind of interesting in that the cheaper the printer is, the more they're making up the money in the ink. So if you buy a printer for $20, the ink is going to be four times the cost. Yeah. The more expensive the printer is, typically, the less the ink is. And so I guess what Epson is really banking on with this is that they're going to have a printer where you just front the money all up front for the cost of the printer, and the ink is basically given to you. The question is, is it still worth it? I would say so. I mean, I... I've gotten into the habit of buying one of those twenty thirty dollar printers every time we run out of ink because it's cheaper than going buying ink for the last printer we bought, and it's kind of become a joke in our house. We have like five or six printers down in our basement that I just don't want to refill, so we buy a new printer because you can always find one at Walmart for like thirty or forty bucks, and it works great until it runs out of ink, and then we go buy another one. <laughs> well, see that, and that causes a lot landfill problem. A very real landfill problem. No, because I'm not throwing them away. They're all stacked up in my basement. <laughs> that causes a hoarding problem, <laughs> which leads You're to marital be our TV problems. Schmitty. Anyone want to buy a know it, <laughs> Before you know it, she's kicked you out. You're on a podcast showing off a $400 watch. Oh. <laughs> now, do you think, before Colin can respond to that, uh, do you think that this is by design, though, that the manufacturers are, know that they're making the printers essentially disposable by oh, they pricing do. the ink? They, yeah. they truly do. They, they, they know they're making their money on ink. I would and, think it's cheaper to produce ink cartridges than it would be to produce entire printers. And that's the thing. I mean, with, with how much the ink capacity has grown over the years, I don't really think that that's an issue. I mean, I remember I, I used to work for you know an office supply store, and I was doing printer sales a lot. And so, you know, one of the HP printers that we had, you know, this was like four or five years ago, um, it, the O2 cartridges would print off maybe 300 pages each. And that, at the time, was like the biggest cartridge you could buy that was an inkjet. Um, nowadays, I mean, you've got like the, the 970 cartridges, and those are producing 3,300 pages on just the standard yields. I mean, yeah. it's incredible to see how much that has actually grown. And and they're expensive though, and and see consumers know that, and so they're they're less likely to drop four four hundred five hundred bucks on a printer because they know oh every time I I want to refill this it's going to cost me seventy eighty bucks per cartridge, um, so I I think the way they're going this way is a lot smarter for for consumers because they know that if they know the ink is cheaper in the long run they're more willing to drop half a half a grand on a printer are they though. 
after the paradigm shifts in a couple of years. <laughs> I, I would believe so, actually. And here's why. Uh, granted, um, you know, obviously, let's get the grain of salt out of the way. Uh, I'm not your typical consumer, right? And uh, by extension, my family isn't filled with typical consumers because I don't let them buy things like typical people. But even us, even even though we like to scrimp and save, we've looked at laser printers because laser cartridges and, and laser toner is so much cheaper and they last for so much longer than standard inkjet. I'd be willing to pay that kind of money to not have to have to refill constantly. Um, and if you were to if you were to print out thirty five pages of color per week for two years, which is what this is uh, estimated to last for, you would be paying ten times that much in terms of ink. The real question is. Is this this targeting the right people? Because a lot of people have turned to secondhand ink, you know, the ones that refill the cartridges. I never trust them myself. I'm always worried they're going to burst, they're going to fail, they're going to destroy my printer. I've seen it happen. You know, yeah. this isn't just unfounded fear. But there are people who use them successfully, just fine, and they spend like a fraction of what I do. Yeah. Well, and, and the problem with those is that they're, they're, they're still paying a lot more than, than they would with, with this refill system. Um, and the printer that they're refilling it into isn't as high quality. It's still a, a, a sub $100 printer. Uh, the, the general. Uh, the general idea on on printers now for the consumer is that yeah all printers suck and we we live up to that fact you know that that, that all printers suck because they're not buying the five hundred dollar printers, um, but if if you had a system like this where you buy a five hundred dollar printer and that's the biggest expense that you're going to have for the next five years in regards to printing, that can change things. I mean, you know if they don't have to refill for another year, then. And the refill is only fifty bucks for the whole for all colors. I think that will change things in the consumer market. I would agree. Now HP has a different idea. They're trying to do this as if it was a cell phone. You can have a subscription plan that costs three to ten dollars a month, and you set how much you think you're going to print, and they just send you out new toner all the time, and they charge you more if you go over that limit. I don't hmm. know if I like that idea. That's kind of the model that a lot of um, like B two B printer services do like they'll it, it's not through the manufacturer it's through you know the, the the printer the people who provide the printers for you you pay for a subscription model for your paper and your your ink so doing that on a consumer level might not work as well but um but it makes sense it, it kind of makes sense but at the same time it almost feels i don't know my gut reaction is it feels more like another subscription cost for something that you used to own yeah, yeah. I but that's that's just me. I even have a hard time doing that with within the companies that I manage IT for. I mean, it's who's who's to say I'm going to be able to spend that much volume? But do I really want this this you know managed print services company to come in and tell me, oh yeah, this is how much you're going to be doing, and then just kind of make it up? Hey guys, we haven't quite hit our quota again this month. Start printing out Wikipedia. <laughs> make them earn it. It, it do does it. take away some of the worry, though, if you do it that way, because you know some of the you know when you have that last minute book report or something that's due, and you find out you're out of ink. It's it's one of those worries that you always have. Well, not always, but it if you're on a subscription model and you know ink's coming in, whether you're using it or not, you always have it there. True. I don't know. I'm always trying to look on the bright side. Look on the bright that's what we love about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to skip our next headline, but it is kind of interesting if you're into CPUs. Uh, check it out on the site. Uh, into our next one after that. 21 gigawatts. 
<laughs> Yahoo got uh, compromised. We aren't really surprised, are we? Um, it turns out a Flash a bunch exploit. Of Yahoo's there. I know. Uh, Yahoo got uh, compromised by a Flash exploit. Further proving you should stop using Flash. Yep. Just, just saying. Um, it was <laughs> redirecting browsers to websites the hackers wanted you to see, and not the ones that Yahoo was trying to get you to. Uh, basically, just it, it hijacked you is what it was. Um, speaking of hackers, here's an uncomfortable little truth that just came to light. It turns out that hackers can actually steal your fingerprint from Android phones, specifically ones from HTC, uh, Samsung, and Huawei. Now, they have a very specific fingerprint sensor that all three of them use. It's common to all three of them. Uh, that I- I'm sure if you've seen people do this on their Androids or on their iPhones, you can actually use your fingerprint to unlock the phone. What good is that if people can steal your fingerprint data? Yeah, not not good at all. <laughs> you know who doesn't have that issue? <laughs> Apple. Oh, I thought you were going to say BlackBerry. <laughs> oh. That's true, no? actually. Congratulations, Colin. Your phone is in the same boat as a BlackBerry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, shit. Now, okay, so to clarify here, because people may be thinking, great, okay, so they can steal my fingerprint, but then they have to make a copy, and they have to get my phone, and that's all just so much trouble. No, actually, they don't. They only have to make your phone think they have your fingerprint. They can send the request in remotely and tell the phone, yeah, don't worry, you've got the fingerprint, remember? I just gave it to you, and the phone goes, oh, yeah, you're right, here's the data. They can also take your fingerprint and put a little bit of graphite powder on it, and then put a piece of tape over it and use it that way. Or use some Loctite uh, super glue, put it over a flame, and create a, a mold. Yeah, yes, that, that. that works as well. That, that works as well. In a movie. <laughs> <laughs> or not, you know. Are, are we infringing on, on Moving Picture Show by talking about that kind of stuff? I don't think so. No. I don't think Dr. Squishy ever tells us how to uh, bypass security systems. <laughs> but, but we were referencing different movies, so that, that's why... That, that's the gray area for me. You can also take a piece of chewing gum and use the wrapper as a way to fool magnetic sensors in Windows. Beverly Hills Cop showed me that. That That is good to know. Yeah. Like Windows 10, In case too? you're ever stuck in 1984. Exactly. Does it work on Windows 10 also? You said Windows. No, but if you shove a banana in the tailpipe of your Windows 10 laptop, it will get it to stop running. I can't find the tailpipe. <laughs> You got a crappy version of Windows 10. I know. What are you using? The standards? You need to upgrade to Pro, dude. Yes. (laughs) Windows 10 Pro comes with a rectum. Um, So. (laughs) Oh, boys. Is that why why it's louder? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Speaking of Microsoft and launching things, they launched a new app this week called Sway. What's Sway? No way. No one knows what it is. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not kidding. Um, it's part of their Office and their Office 365 platform. Okay. I tried I to use this, of, and I, I know. Hated so it. did I. Uh, yeah, I could not. I use Office 365 at work. It's all we use, and I use Office a lot here at home. And I'm a huge Microsoft fan. Maybe I'm just dense. Well, no, I am dense at times, but I could not get in the hang of it. What this is supposed to work like is kind of almost an animated version of PowerPoint. It's a way to make a moving infographic or a not-quite-video presentation to sway people to your argument or to your presentation. Yeah. Get it? It's, <laughs> its whole purpose is right there in the name. I, I got the impression that it was kind of like uh, the old, what was it, Windows 95 and Windows 98, the, the briefcase? 
the idea of the briefcase, but with presentation value. So you're because you're able to put almost anything into it, right? Photos, uh, office documents, uh, or, or Word documents, well, Excel documents. You're supposed to. Right. Yeah, but, but its then formatting is just it as if so it jacked up. Like, I went to go go in and create a header and then a bunch of content because my idea was, hey, maybe I can make kind of a newsletter out of this, make it a little interactive. Um, and so I went in trying to do that and just trying to get content built into it. It would shift over to a whole nother page. It wouldn't another allow me to page, put, yeah. It wouldn't allow Another me. Another isn't a word. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't allow me to just put in my content I wanted. It just created the next one. That's interesting. It seems like it is so um, hell bent on making everything look pretty that it makes it almost unusable. It actually uh-huh. takes the iOS um, stance on things. That style is more important than content. Exactly. Yeah. Which. It- is why it probably isn't surprising that it's also available on iOS. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is pretty cool how they can embed it right into a website. Like in, in the that article here, they have, cool. they have one embedded right in here. And it, and it is really awesome to be able to do that. However, if, it, if no one knows how to use it, it might go the way of Google Wave or, you know. I think the difference is, though, is that I, businesses that use Office 365 are used to not using all the apps. Right. Uh, even SharePoint, which has been around for e- eons, no one uses correctly. No. <laughs> so, but they keep it around anyway. Whereas Google kind of needed people to hop onto Wave to uh, to keep it going, and if Wave wasn't doing anything, they weren't going to keep it around. Right. So, um, so Sway is here to stay. I like that. We should make a bumper sticker out of it. <laughs> it's not going a Sway. Oh, <laughs> uh, Sway not going away. <laughs> You know, based on what you just may, hey, hey, hey. based on what you said about um, you use it to sway people to your point of view or whatever, they should just call it manipulate. Manipulate. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Introducing Microsoft Manipulate. You like this? No, you really do. (laughs) Marketing two point oh. I I can see this really uh, as a really powerful marketing tool. I mean, because a lot, and that's what it's built to be. A lot of the sways I've seen are are really good at like just the. The presentation, um, and whether or not it's difficult to get it to that point, is 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 kind of moot because they once people find the value of this, they will employ people full time to do stuff like this. So I think you're right. Uh, it's just going to take a while to pick up, and I don't know yeah. if it's ever going to make it really in the private market. Probably not. Um, okay, moving on. Um, women. Have you ever thought that that uh, low-jack version of a high-tech wearable wasn't for you? Evidently, you weren't the only one because a new company has come out. I shouldn't say new, but they have a new product called the... uh, Oh, geez, and I just lost it here. It's called the Leaf. The Leap. Um, Leaf. Leaf. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a wearable that's meant to look like jewelry. They have one that looks like a, a clip, one that can go on a bracelet. It uses wood tones. It has this beautiful sterling silver leaf on it. I know this sounds like a weird thing for us to be going on about, but it's actually quite ingenious. Take your wearable and make it look like it belongs there. Yeah. You know, like the Apple Watch doesn't. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, this, this is by Bella Beat. And, and it doesn't just use wood tones. It uses wood. The, the case is actually wood. Um, and I, they're trying to make it a more more of a natural look to make it more appealing to women. They they do have a lot of uh, wearables for women that they're they're trying to gear towards women. Like you know, there's the the 
a Fitbit charge and things like that are trying to make more appealing to women, but they still like kind of miss for the, her. Yeah. They, they still kind of <laughs> miss the mark all the time because, because women don't want to go around with, you know, huge wristwatches and stuff like that. So this, this is pretty good as far as, well, let me, let me ask you, Schmitty, a Fitbit charge geared towards women. Well, it's purple house. How so? I have a Fitbit charge. I'm not a woman. No, I know, but, but is yours but they, pink? They specifically made one purple for women. Yeah, oh, everyone okay. knows that's all women need. It's just a purple you can one. just take you can just take a standard thing, and as soon as you make it pink or purple, it's geared for women. Yep. <laughs> now, 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 Zoner, what color is yours? Black. Mine is black. See, so you have the male version. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's so good. Because you know, I was afraid for a second there that I was wearing a women's wearable. No. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> don't, worry. don't worry. But this, I don't. This is taking it to a new level, and it's it's more than just the look, the aesthetic. Which I honestly, no joke here, I find it quite ingenious how they've done it. It it looks quite fetching. Um, it does look nice. I would like a wearable that I could wear all the time that didn't make it feel like I was you know hooked into a tracking system. You know, like the LG G Watch R or the <laughs> LG Urbane. Or anything that doesn't look like an Apple Watch, um, <laughs> the Pebble Steel. Yeah, um, but it does more than that because uh, it actually tracks. And I'm sorry, guys, if you're listening to the show and you get all grossed out, deal with it. But it actually it'll track reproductive cycles. It tracks periods. It, be- it acts as a baby as a home monitor when the baby's born, if the baby's born. And you can say, oh my gosh, that's just you know, women shouldn't have things that go straight to that. Well. Guess what? It's part people, of their life. <laughs> part, it's part of being a woman is that you get to deal with that. And wouldn't it be cool if your wearable could track that stuff for you? Yeah. It, it's, it's about... I totally... Yeah, I, I would totally go for that if I was a woman. I'd rub it on my pregnant belly. <laughs> Are you single? I wonder why? <laughs> well, it, it's... I don't want to say it's about time because because people have been marketing towards women uh, for a long time, but it's, but they've been doing it stupidly. Yeah, it, it's about time that they're they're actually successfully appealing to women. I mean, having having a lot of tech out there while geared towards women is not something that a woman would buy. But now with something like this that that you know is actually fashionable and does things that that's, that's centered around a woman's life, I. I can see it taking off. So, well, let's be honest. Let's be perfectly brutally honest here. Four guys here. We all love tech. We like it to be fashionable too. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I'm giving Colin a lot of flack for his Apple Watch, but the fact is, is that he wouldn't have bought it if he thought it was hideous looking. Oh heck no, no. Yeah, I like my wearables to be nice and slick. Yeah, and it is for all the faults that the Apple Watch or Apple products may have. It looks pretty slick. You know, I don't have the old clunky phone. I have a nice G3 because I thought it looked fashionable. Yeah, it had all the bells and whistles I wanted and met all the technical requirements I had. But guess what? There were a bunch of phones that did that. I got this one because I thought it looked fashionable. You know, when I eventually get a smartwatch, it's going to be one that I consider to be fashionable. So it only makes sense that they should start to do this for people of other genders or other walks of life. Not everyone wants a gigantic blinking rubber band around their wrist all the time. That's true. That's what I like about the Fitbit charge. It doesn't blink. You have to press a button. <laughs> uh, that means you need to charge it. Um, just saying. Or double tap. Just double tap. I, te- I tease my wife all the time by by pushing the button on it. <laughs> I'll like hold it down and start the stopwatch, and <laughs> it annoys her. It's so fun. I can Stop send people my heartbeat. <laughs> 
Oh, it's adorable, right? Send, send him your heartbeat and say, "Will you be my Valentine?" <laughs> and then you can draw a little message on it and send it to him. Uh huh. It's great. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I may have done that a couple times today. Wonder why he's still single. Um, <sighs> I drew a kitty on my four hundred dollar timepiece. Ladies, <laughs> if you're looking for your true love, email me at Colin at StolenDroids.com. Warning, he won't have any money left for you after he's done at the Apple store. Okay, so... (laughs) um, Okay, so into some... It's funny because it's true. Entertainment geek (laughs) news. Um, We may be getting a new Spider-Man costume. I hate it. I hate it with the fury of a thousand suns. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and... the, the next Spider-Man movie, or it's supposed to be like centered around like his high school years, right? Exactly. It's kind of starting all, all over again, and it's really a high school student building out of that area again. Yeah. Um, and so this, it looks like um, you know, some uh, a high school student built this spider suit out of you know a parka and you know gym pants or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you're not going to make a standard spider-man costume your first try i mean yeah it's it's taking years of perfection for that i mean you see all these cosplayers these days and age and see how long it takes for them to actually master those skills <laughs> and to create something as um textured as his suit is it's it's it kind of hard to do that yeah, yeah I, I like how you mentioned cosplayers because this does look like a cosplay uh, costume. Um, and I, I, and I, I know wrong. exactly why Zook doesn't like it because at, at first, I'll be honest, at first when I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's that's not Spider-Man. But the more I think about it, the more I think the more realistic it is for, for the time that they're trying to portray. It's, it's Spider-Man early on when, he, when he, he's, he's barely got his powers, you know, and he's trying to, to hide his identity. He's not going to, like Colin said, he's not going to go all the way to, you know, having the evolved suit that he did, he does in the in the movies. He's going to come up yeah, with something I, like I this. I have always movie. disliked that, how slick his suit always looked. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, a barely a high school graduate, college student does not have the f- resources to make something like yeah. that. I don't like it because he looks like Orko from Masters of the Universe. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the there's two two That's images cool, in the story. The bottom one, he doesn't look so much like Orko, but he's not wearing shoes or gloves in the sense that his fingerprints are exposed. What kind of fool goes around leaving their fingerprints everywhere. I don't even like to do that, well, and I'm not a well, criminal. I don't think the NYPD is going to be dusting for prints on the 52nd floor outside the window. <laughs> he, doesn't, he, he can't cover up his toes and fingers because those are what have those little micro hairs that exactly. he climbs with. This makes more sense to me because it actually, he needs... Dang you, Schmitty, and your freaking logic. You know what? That's, that's, that's how I roll. That's, that's the way my brain works. So that's- The lower picture looks like he's a cross between a Ninja Turtle and a character from Invader Zim. <laughs> Which isn't a bad thing. I'm not trying to be a hater here. I'm really not. But so, I, mean, so I, have a, I have a lot of problems with the other movie suits. Uh, and for everything that Schmitty said. You know, they just seemed very unrealistic. Um these seem much more grounded in reality. I just still don't like them. Maybe so, it's the eyes. Maybe it's the weird goggles he's wearing. I don't know. Hey, though, he's got to keep Orko. the flies out of his eyes. Come That's on true. now. Yeah. So all, all the things you've mentioned, Orko, Invader Zim, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 
all good things. I mean, you mash all those three together. I can't think of anything bad about that. You're just making it sound awesomer. <laughs> now, I would like to point out that one of these artist renders um, is happening with the Avengers Tower and Iron Man in the background, which just kind of makes me squee a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that I thought that happy. was Human Torch. <laughs> no. <laughs> you kidding. shut your mouth. <laughs> um, okay, so Wally West is going to be joining The Flash. The TV show. We should specify season two of the television show. This will be interesting uh, because we've already met the Wests. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not really sure how they're going to do this. But then I would like to bring up that if, and spoiler alert, if you haven't watched season finale of The Flash yet, it's your own fault. It's August, people. Um, They basically left the door open to completely reboot the entire series within its own continuity. They, they they may be going New 52 on us in a TV show, which is a bit of brilliant writing. So it's very possible to have another Flash related to Iris and Joe West. Did they well, pull a Star Trek where they went through a wormhole back in time? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. At the very end, he goes through a black hole. But the thing is, Wally West is... He starts off as Kid Flash. He doesn't start off as The Flash. And so, I mean, I could totally see that happening. They just got to explain how he gets... gets the speed you know i'm not worried about it i'm honestly not worried oh, they've I'm done everything either. right with that show and a slight correction he didn't go through a wormhole he was one running around one turned it into a tornado it was a tornado <laughs> hole <laughs> wormnado or attack of wormnado <laughs> oh you just gave sci-fi an idea hurry copyright that zoo ian zeering will be in that one too um, and he still okay, won't uh, grant us an interview at comic-con uh, Legends of Tomorrow, their uh, their spinoff show, is going to have the baddie Vandal Savage, which is kind of cool. He's going to be played by someone with the coolest name ever. Casper Crump. That's awesome. Like, that should be his villain name. That sounds like a Stan Lee villain. <laughs> Hello, true believers. I have a new character. His name's Casper Crump. Excelsior. Uh, I, was, I was looking it up to make sure to see if that... It's his real name or if it was just a screen name. But no, that's his real name. Casper Frederick Crump. That's awesome. Casper and Crump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Good. Good. It's like his parents named him with the idea of future jokes. Ah, love it. Um, Deadpool's trailer launched. And as overrated as we all think Deadpool is, it was kind of a cool trailer. I was really excited for it. I, I'm kind of excited is. about this movie now, I, and I'm not. I, I think I've expressed on on the show before. I don't like Deadpool, <laughs> but this trailer the, actually looks like a lot of fun. Deadpool will be rated R, and the trailer also is rated R. It's it's a red band trailer, meaning it's it's probably not safe for work. Oh no, it is not safe for work. <laughs> so but, it depends but, on the work. That's but true. let's be honest, it has what people actually want, and that's Ryan Reynolds being a smart aleck and being in, totally inappropriate with yeah. a deadpan look on his face. It's, it's that's exactly what people like. What Deadpool is in the comics. Oh, yeah. It's, and the yeah. best thing, they make fun of the Green Lantern all the time. <laughs> not just that. <laughs> they make fun of Deadpool in, uh, in Wolverine Origins. Yeah. Yeah, because there was a teaser that was released on one day, and then the trailer was on the next day, and it goes, from the studio, that inexplicably sewed his mouth shut in the last movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that made no sense to me. He's the merc with a mouth. He's got to have a mouth. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Um, He's the mute without a mouth. Also rated R, in the weirdest twist ever, uh, there's going to be an extended edition of The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. Now, that sounds like a horrible idea to me because the movie is already so freaking long. So the idea of an extended edition, of actually having to sit there through a seven-hour film, um, (laughs) sounds horrifying. And it's getting a theatrical re or a theatrical release in addition. That's, that's crazy. Who's going to sit there for nine hours? Is it nine well, or seven or eight or twenty-four? It's a twenty-four hour movie marathon, but it's getting re-rated. It's going to be rated R. The reason for having quote some violence. Um, Frozen had some violence. It wasn't rated R, so I don't know quite what they think some violence means. I think what it really is is Bilbo's mother is running around naked. <laughs> wow! Naked hobbits. Wow! I don't need to see that. <laughs> I don't remember anything of those movies in the book. No, no. It's it's a completely different story. It's like it's, World it's, War Z. It only shares the, the name. Names. Yeah. yeah, same names, and it's a completely different story. <laughs> only the title has stayed the same. The names and locations have been changed to protect the innocent. Um, into our favorites. Uh, mine, uh, you remember those Old Spice commercials from a couple of years ago? You had Isaiah Mustafa and Terry Crews. Ladies, you know, if you want your man to smell like me, you know, those great commercials that just got lampooned and memefied everywhere because they were so hilarious, they're back. And they are facing off. It is the battle of the deodorants. It is Old Spice Civil War. It is so unbelievably random that even they don't know what's going on most of the time. And it is hilarious. So you got to check it out. Cool. My uh, my uh, favorite um, is uh, a clip put out by Aries Live, which is the YouTube channel uh, for The Martian, the movie coming out October 2nd, based on the book by Andy Ware. Awesome book. Um, and this, this video clip in particular, um, it shows uh, NASA's uh, declassified psychological interviews with uh, the crew of the Ares 3 mission. Uh, it's hilarious. It sh- kind of shows more of the uh, personalities of, of each of the crew members and makes me more excited for the movie. So go and check it out. All right. And then my favorite uh, comes from Good uh, Mythical Morning, uh, another YouTube channel. And they did this episode called Will It Ice Cream Sandwich? And they basically choose these really, really absurd things and tie it into an ice cream sandwich. Uh, <laughs> the most amazing thing, though, that looked fantastic was the bacon ice cream sandwich. I would eat that. Totally. I would eat the crap out of a bacon ice cream sandwich. Well, no, no, there was no crap in that ice cream sandwich. <laughs> Hopefully there's no crap in that ice cream I sandwich. I don't want any crap in that ice cream sandwich. The vegetarians just, would just say, bacon. yes, the bacon is the crap. I would eat that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my favorite uh, is on the, apparently this new revamped thing called YouTube. Um, Rocket Jump Film School <laughs> put out a video this week called Why CG Sucks Except It Doesn't. And they postulate that the reason that we think all CG looks bad and is ruining movies is because we only see bad CG. Good CG is not noticeable. And they actually illustrate through this and show you some really good examples of good CG that you would never know were actually CG because it's done so well. We only notice the bad stuff like the rock is the scorpion king. Uh, so <laughs> I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool video. Uh, it's about seven and a half minutes long. Check it out. 
Yeah, they have some really good videos on that channel if you ever have some time to kill. Um, well, that is our show this week. Again, let us know what you're thinking. Feedback at StolenDroids.com or give us a call 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Do something else on Facebook. I forget what the verb is. Uh, we post to Ello now and Reddit and Google+. Plus. We're everywhere, dude. You can thank Schmitty for that. Anyway, until next time, cheers. End of fun. I'll be dead next week. Maybe. <laughs> good day. <laughs> This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.